Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Is the new Deadpool trailer the best thing since sliced bread and give you a new appreciation of the word what? Is Punisher every bit as brutal and violent and glorious as you expected? And most importantly, are we here to talk about all that on Marvel Movie News? Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Marvel Movie News. Excelsior to you, my merry Marvelites. Welcome to Koi Movie News, where we slash I talk about everything Marvel and why you should be as excited as I am about all the studios and all the glory coming from everyone for Marvel. Now, this is a very special episode. I personally think this show is by the fans for the fans, and I want to involve the fans. So this episode is, you're my guest. You guys are with me. I want you involved. I want you here the dear Ollie is going to be running the game. Ollie <laughs> yeah. Dreamboat is in the live chat handling his business. I do not envy his position. He is the he is the moderator. He is the eye in the sky. He is Owatu and the collector. He's doing a lot. You're too kind. Boy. I'm just he's running the game. You're way too kind. So you know, I thought this was about you. It's boy movie. I mean, news. the narcissist in me is <laughs> flailing with happiness. Uh, so this is episode 157. We are coming to you live from the bullpen of New York Bulletin, and you can find us on iTunes. You subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com/slash Popcorn Talk Network. You can find us through Popcorn Talk's website, popcorntalknetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at Marvel News PTN or Popcorn Talk. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com/slash Marvel News, and. If you retweet a link to the show while we are live, asking people to join the live chat, as you should and might be, Aunt Anthony in the booth will retweet you. Give me a run for my money, Koi. He's producing right now. Ooh, <laughs> all these camera angles. I don't know if I can keep up with you. Oh. I'm ready. I'm excited. It's a, Can I'm we do bullet do time by episode's end with all these cameras on me? <laughs> uh, I, I'm just really excited. So, guys, I, what I wanted to do with this episode is... Punisher was the most fan activity I got while watching the show. I was tweeting while we were watching it. You guys were getting back to me. I loved that. So I was like, you know what? Marquia can't make it. She's at home with her family. She is having Thanksgiving. She is running the game. I want to involve you. So we're going to put up a phone number. And at any point you guys want to call, just you might have to hold a little because I'm going to be running through the news, but I want to hear your take on the news. So in between segments, I'm going to pitch to Aunt Anthony and we're going to have a conversation with you, the fans about Marvel. And I am stoked. So Starting us out, we have the first story of the week. Sony might be interested in making a deal with Fox. Now, we have talked for years, and especially last week, about the idea that Disney might be merging. And and we don't know what that would entail. We don't know what's going on with the, the merger. We do know that those talks have stalled. But now with the Sony talks, that could mean... Spider-Man and X-Men, Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, and that to me would be a bit less of a jarring Disney owns everything situation. I love Disney, I love what they've done, I love their universe, but there is a point where one studio having everything, we've talked about this ad nauseum, has concerns. Now, the Sony idea is interesting because Sony we know plays nice. They've played nice with Spider-Man, they've played nice with certain characters. We could have the opportunity of having that universe be very interesting and fleshed out, and then if Marvel wants to put out three movies a year, that's great, but we don't want them to only have those three movies if Fox can put out a couple and Sony can put out a couple. I, I love having six movies a year. I don't know about you guys, but I want as much as possible. So I love this idea. I love these talks. Um, Washington Post uh, reported that they it's very informal. Um, a few people have said that it's not happening anymore once again, but I mean, I, what do you think, Ali? Like, that's that's exciting. Well, JSOP in the chat says Sony plus Fox equals twice as bad movies. So <laughs> I, I like, I kind of agree with that, but also Fox, you know, Logan, Logan. Deadpool, exactly. they're, they're working on exactly. it. Exactly, they're, they're really trying to, you know, learn from their past mistakes. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sony, I think I'm a little worried with Sony personally, yeah. but, um, well, know. New Mutant trailer, very different. Uh, exactly. We've got Deadpool that looks incredible. We're going to watch that trailer. We've got, I feel like Fox is taking a lot of risks because they've done the traditional route for so long. They're yes. like, you know what? So if Sony teams up with them, I could see some things. I also agree. They have had some some foibles, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But um, time will tell. 
We'll see if anything actually comes of it. But the fact that there's still talks means that it sounds more and more like Fox is actively mm-hmm. looking like, please buy us. <laughs> like someone just pick up the phone. Um, so we'll see. And speaking of Fox, Gambit has a working title, officially. Uh, the working title of Chess is interesting because that, you know, like the, the Gambit is a very common chess term. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense to have that little pun, that little play on words. Um, so if you see chess on a big yellow sign filming in your town and you live in New Orleans especially, that could be your boy Che Tate's uh, running <laughs> around your town. Um, and then uh, Omega Underground says that the title Forevermore is a working title they're working on. So that's intriguing. Um, they're doing location scouting in New Orleans right now. Uh, they're set to begin filming in early 2018. And... They just cast your girl, Lizzie Kaplan. Yes. Now, Lizzie Kaplan has been an incredible force in so many movies. Uh, and and Masters of Sex. Like, she, she's a, a titan of, of just power. Mean Girl. Yeah. Cloverfield. Cloverfield. She's so great in Cloverfield. She's awesome. When she pops up, you know there's going to be a certain, like, spunk and charm. And she's just... I like, I like her, like strength there's something to lizzie kaplan mm. so that's what they wanted in a uh, female lead opposite gambit because Gan- gambit's like a charming lothari like that guy you need to have a woman to tell him yeah. he's wrong so i like the idea of lily kaplan do you do you think she would possibly be belladonna the um, asks. i love the idea of her as belladonna i also i mean personally i love the idea of her as rogue rogue um Ugh. can you i mean it would be skipping a lot that, yeah uh, yeah but at this point the pros and cons of Fox, they like to go, bah! <laughs> so if anyone's going to do oh. it, I could see her as Rogue. I didn't Rogue. think of that. Because I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, the Gamut film's not going to feature her. Yeah. But I would love Lizzie Kaplan to tackle Rogue. I just think that she has the vulnerability and the strength. And that's mm-hmm. the dichotomy of Rogue. Rogue has to be strong, but also know that she's always hurting because she can't feel. Yeah. Like that's such a hard life and you need an actress that can really rock that. So and we haven't seen that side of Rogue in the movies yet. We haven't. We've seen Hooded Rogue. We've mm-hmm. seen... Uh, Whiny Teenager <laughs> we've Rogue. Seen, and that's not even... I don't even blame Anna Packard. Yeah, like, I they, love her. They just put her in a role where she could only do that thing. Yeah. Like very one-dimensional, unfortunately. Didn't work. Uh, do we have any calls yet, Am Anthony? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, internet. Call to arms, literally. Come on. Uh, so uh, moving on through Fox, we're gonna move on to X Men in general. X Men. In the Fox universe, they really are trying to make X-Men work. Uh, They're trying to build the universe up. They pretty much only own that in Fantastic Four. And as we've seen, Fantastic Four hasn't gone as well as it could have. So what's happening right now with the X-Men universe is they're expanding into solo films, which I think is a very smart move. What they're doing is they're quietly announcing big projects like this. Like, James Franco is playing Jamie Madrox. Now, if, if that isn't perfect casting, like, I... It's, it's like someone watched The Deuce and they were like, oh, there's two of them. What if there's 20 of them? Like, it's such a weird, we waited until The Deuce came out. But I think he looks like Jamie. I think he has the nuance to play uh, multiple versions of himself. I think that Jamie Madrox is a very interesting character that could run a whole movie. I think James Franco can easily run a film on his own, uh, especially playing off himself. Uh, Tom Hardy did it in Legend incredibly. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal did it in Enemy. I love seeing actors play opposite themselves. So I think James Franco as Jamie is, is great. We have a caller. All right, who we got we got brent from washington dc what's going hey. on brent not much not much hey what do you I think about the x-men news doing? man do, doing good we're on uh we're on oh, fox man. x-men stuff i want your take hey what's going on coy <laughs> hey man what do you what do you think about all the crazy x-men fox stuff that's going on brent we're on, uh, we're on fox x-men stuff. okay so with the especially with multiple man like i agree like great casting in james Freaker. yeah and uh, with, uh, I just think, oh my goodness, what if they create an X Factor movie down the line? I'm just really hoping for that. Because, like, Siren, Elm, Guido, like, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Like, Layla, she's, like, absolutely one of my favorite characters. She just knows stuff. Wouldn't you think that would be, like, a great tie in for, like, all the side projects for all the X-Men movies? Well, I think like, that setting up the individual films is a great way to make the team movies work better. Uh, as, as we learn with Avengers, it's really cool when you care about the individuals before they become a team, so then the team feels stronger. So I totally agree. If they're setting up the foundation for X-Factor by way of, like, James Franco, I'm all in, man. And then not to mention, they also have the rights to Quicksilver, so that whole story, especially if, like, they want to go, like, some form of M-Day, like, the whole after effect would mm-hmm. be one of the iconic X Factors storyline, like I, I really think that'll be a great idea. I'm really excited for that. So you're you're but all also, about Fox's moves. You you like what they're going? I kind of like it where it's going. You know, um, I honestly think that um, 
with this whole crossover stuff, like maybe, hopefully, in my mind, the way I see it, as though they're toying around with the idea that maybe they're going to sell to a bunch of people, but ultimately the idea is going to Disney and Marvel. Mm -hmm. However, with the Sony stuff, I feel like they could use that. Like if Fox buys... Uh, is is bought out by Disney like they use that as like Fox to produce, produce all their R rated like Marvel movies, whereas Disney and Marvel keeps all their regular G, you know PG thirteen rated movies, so they can have an expansion of how everything fits into each other, but at the same time stand on their own. Yeah, I mean as long as as long as they keep expanding and running the game and creative choices keep getting made, as long as the it keeps getting more bold and adventurous like the Deadpool trailer, uh, we will definitely be in a good spot. Um, and and they should bring back my boy Lucas as Havoc because X Factor. Come on, that's 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 the way to go. <laughs> oh, definitely killed off screen definitely. for shame. Uh, well, thanks for calling in, Brent. I'm gonna move on to the next thing, but I, I appreciate you so much, man. Thanks. Enjoy yeah, DC. You too, man. Uh, Apocalypse. I don't accept that as existing. <laughs> X-Men Origins such, Wolverine and Apocalypse didn't happen. Such cannon fodder to have it. Come on. <laughs> Just like off-screen death. He's been there since first class. Like, come on. What are you doing? Uh, but overall, I mean, I'm excited about all the Fox news. I really think that... I, I love that James Franco came out of nowhere. I was just like, I, I was running around doing stuff, and then James Franco confirmed Jamie Madrox. We hadn't even heard of that. Like, that wasn't even like a twinkle in the eye of someone. That would just happen. So excited. It's good that he's excited to yeah. do that, too. Because so. th- we need someone that can sell tickets to something that's so weird. Absolutely. A multiple man movie, you need to have a star yeah, in. Yeah, not a lot of people know who multiple man is. Mm-mm. So being able to have someone like James Franco to sell you know, sell right. tickets. And they're probably doing something creative enough that it brought him in. Like, it's something yeah. bold enough like, that he's like, I'll do a superhero movie if I get to play. Yeah. Thinking about, like, just how they can, all the things they can do with the film. Like, come And on. in my opinion, James Franco is the only guy that acts like he's multiple people because he's in college, he's a teacher, he's doing acting, he's directing. Yes. So the secret might be that James Franco is actually multiple <laughs> men. So, and he just has him all on set. So, Absolutely. and James Franco, if he could have any superpower, it's a guy go around and learn stuff and then recombine into himself. Like, that's James Franco. I so, perfect casting. <laughs> uh, moving on. Ant-Man and the Wasp has wrapped filming. Uh, that is exciting news because Ant-Man and the Wasp is one of our most anticipated over here as far as the next wave. And I really think that it's going to be a better stake of Ant-Man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm intrigued where it goes. I'm intrigued what the flavor of the show is. Um, I really think that... I think that Ant-Man and the Wasp has potential to supersede its prior. I think it has potential to be a better sequel than the first. And I oh, like yeah. the first. And I'm glad the same team's on board. So this one I'm excited about. Uh, it's wrapped. It's ready to roll. And uh, Luke Cage is also wrapped filming. Yeah. So Luke Cage season two is done. Ant-Man's done. Marvel is cruising right along. <laughs> I Yes. It's just been a good week for Marvel. It really has. So props to Marvel. Like new announcements. Things are wrapping. Oh, it's good. if only another company could. I don't know, I don't know what has happened. Oh. I just know Marvel's doing really well. And speaking <laughs> of Fox Television, uh, we've got Skylar Samuels has been cast as Esme. Now, if you know X-Men comics, Esme is one of the cuckoos, which means... I mean, that that's not only uh, Emma Frost. That assumes a lot of different characters are going to become, like, canon in this series. It also assumes that we might have multiples of another character because Esme is part of Triplets. Uh, it's a set of characters. Um, so I love the idea that they'd clone this one actress, maybe, or they cast people that look just like her. Um, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's a great move. Yeah, I, I need to catch up on Gifted. I don't. I didn't watch. I'm too behind, episode. admittedly. I'm one behind. So I and I love it so far, man. It, it's strong. Um, I have no idea who Esme is. Gamer girl. Okay, gamer girl. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be in here and out here. Um, it, she's a character that is one of the cuckoos, which are a hive mind psychic set of characters that all do the same thing and they all speak as one and then sometimes one rebels and it's funny because one has like black hair all of a sudden they're like ah, I'm not part of you and they're kind of uh, protégés of Emma Frost so they're really interesting characters and especially if they don't use Emma what yeah. that might mean it might be like a, a, a supplement to not having Emma on the show which would be an interesting take and we don't have any real strong psychics yet so that'd be a, a nice way to make Gifted go that direction yeah, and I do like that Gifted's giving more light to more obscure characters mm-hmm. which is great because I, I don't know the Cuckoos would get time in a movie and I don't know mm-hmm. if they'd get the uh, as much time as they'd need to not be funny um, so moving on to Infinity War, uh, we have some new promo art for Black Widow, Captain America, and Falcon. Um, it's a Russian-run uh, social media page, VK.com, and we have a great shot of Cap as effectively Nomad. I think Sebastian Stan leaked that he was called Nomad recently. Um, he looks like Nomad, certainly, and I love that he's got like three-quarter-inch sleeves, like old-school <laughs> baseball tee, and he just looked like 
every iteration of Chris Evans as Cap is the most American thing I've ever seen. Like, he always manages to just embody America in such an awesome way, and the Nomad is just the same. He looks awesome. Uh, I, I'm really excited. We also have Black Widow looking very intense and blonde and different, um, which is another evolution of her character. She's had some crazy arcs. I still think she might be a Skrull. And uh, we have Falcon off to the side, and I think we might see him as Cap sooner than later. So my theory about this image is Falcon's going Cap, Cap is going to be gone soon, and that Black Widow's been a scroll. You don't think Bucky will become Cap? I think that, like, Bucky might become Cap, but I think that the way the comic went is telling that it's going to be Falcon. Uh, I think Bucky might become more of the, not edgy for the sake of edgy, but he might become more of a nomad-type character and, like, be... I feel like he's not going to be pro-government. I feel like he's not as... Like, the way Sebastian Stan's played him, he's not like, whatever you say, sir! And the more Chris Evans leans out of that, I feel like Falcon might go towards the military aspect. Gotcha. Right. My theory, and right. I and I do think it, after Winter Soldier, Black Widow we said, "We have another caller." Oh, why? Well, hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. Who we got? Daniel Drew again. Hey, hey. Daniel Drew. How are you, man? Good. I was thinking. Um, um, oh man, hearing the feedback is weird. Um, <laughs> Mute one. Trust me, it's better. Um, for uh, since Lady Sif wasn't in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I've been having this thing in my head where, um, you know, obviously because of filming Blind Spot, but I would love it if, uh, you know, from what happens to Thor himself leads to where I think it's going to lead. It would be great if she becomes the MCU's version of Lady of a female Thor, because she would be perfect for that, and it would be it would be an easy way to get. You know, not deal with the Jane Fosterness of it. I totally agree, uh, especially with the comic having Jane Foster as Lady Thor and Lady Sif being one of the best female characters Marvel has. Um, the right. Consistently, and even has a voice. <laughs> oh yeah, and like when she was running around in the first two Thors, I was like, oh, there's Marvel's Wonder Woman. Like I, I would love right. for her to have her own movie, and I think that Marvel needs that. Uh, I don't want to just have Captain Marvel. I want to have Captain Marvel and Black Widow and Lady Thor. I want to have. Mm-hmm. A lot of really good. So I love that idea, man. Uh, I've heard it tossed around and every, every step we take, it feels like we're getting closer to it. And if she's has the availability, please. Right. Cause I, cause I, like way back when they were filming or whatever, she was like hopeful. Like she tweeted out whatever she said, like say, you know, she was like maybe. And then, you know, they ended up not contacting her until it was, she was busy filming. So I'm pretty sure like she, re- she wants to be back. Well, I think she would have gotten killed in 12 seconds. So I'm glad she was unavailable. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad she wasn't in it. I was like, I'm not ready to watch her be, you know, destroyed. But. Yeah, I love Ray Stevenson and I like Zach Levi, but if if I lost Jamie Alexander, I would be upset. So I'm glad, and <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that idea, man. Uh, Daniel Drew, as always, with the most comics <laughs> per week of anyone on the yeah. internet. Uh, I think you're a source of wisdom. So yes, I agree, and I hope that's real. Indeed. All right, well, we're gonna move on to our next Infinity War thing. I appreciate the call. Thanks, Daniel. Yep, yep. See ya. See you, man. Bye. So uh, we got a release date rumor for a trailer, which is uh, where we are in society. Not only are there release dates for movies now, we are at the point where people are hype about release dates for trailers. But this one I understand. Like, yeah. for the, we've been twitching for an Infinity War trailer. And when we haven't watched it illegally online, we've been waiting for an official take. And rumor has it we'll get it in early December. Uh, there's a quote saying, quote, looks like the early December Infinity War trailer is confirmed. Uh, Conrad wrote on Twitter, J- Jeremy Conrad, uh, formerly of IGN and Furious Fanboys. And that leads me to believe it won't be uh in front of the last jedi on for the first time i think it'll be coming out on the internet and then it'll be attached to the last jedi as the first time we see it in theaters they've been doing that a lot i've yeah. noticed that movie yeah. trailers come out like two weeks before we got another yeah oh, who we got oh hey <gasps> markia <laughs> i thought i knew that voice okay i gotta i gotta remember who this is who's on line number one? Oh, okay markia got it remember this Yes, uh, I'm Arkea, calling from Orlando. Oh, Orlando! <laughs> How's your holiday? Uh, it's going great. I've eaten all the food. Yes, as you should. <laughs> so what do you think uh, about yeah, the Jamie so, Madrox uh, news? <laughs> <laughs> so my question is coy movie news, huh? What? I am living the dream of... I've actually dreamt of this moment, and here it is. I'm surrounded by my own name. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I told the fans that, that your Thanksgiving I, was important and you needed to run away, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make the fans the marquee this week, so hundreds of people have to replace you. How does that feel? <laughs> oh, that makes me feel nice. It takes a village. 
Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, Marquia uh, was actually with yeah, me when I found out the Jamie Madrox news. Uh, Marquia and I were filming something for uh, Game Talk Live, and we were both like, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was something else, and I love that they got James Franco for that. I mean, he brings a gravitas to every role that he does. So I'm A-OK with having, and you know, especially because we kind of already killed him. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy having him back as multiple man. <laughs> Those movies. Uh, and have you watched any Punisher yet? I'm sorry? Have you watched any Punisher yet? I've watched all of it. Whoa, on vacation. You're a titan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I adore the depiction of Billy Russo in it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that. I love that they went that route, and I am all for it. So we won't do spoilers with you since we haven't gotten to that section of the show, but when you come back next week, we'll do your spoiler segment. But since you've already watched it, which I'm very impressed and surprised by because you're on vacation, uh, what is your spoiler-free take on the show overall? My spoiler-free take is that this is definitely a must-watch show. Um, I don't recommend binging it like I did just because it really does go into some deep and dark areas. I mean, it is R-rated and both violence and also psychological impact, but it is worth the cathartic journey for it. I was extremely traumatized by the last three episodes. I I thought I'd, like, worn myself up. Like, I was ready, and I was watching, and I was like, I got this. And then the last three were so brutal. I was like, oh, good God. Like, it was just emotionally <laughs> affecting. It was it was violent. It was so... I just... There was no way to prepare for, the, like, the last movie that was the show. There really isn't any way to prepare. I mean, just know that everything that they're doing is... It's worth it. It is important. And I particularly like the way that they highlight things like um, group therapy and that you can't do it yourself and it's okay to not be able to do it yourself. I really liked that they had every character, even the most tough and hearty. Uh, I'm, I'm agreeing uh, that the leaning on someone. Uh, I like that every character needed someone, even Punisher. Like the fact that him and Micro were bros was shocking for me because mm-hmm. Punisher is such a lone wolf <laughs> that I was like, oh, even he needs a friend. And I really liked that they had um, the lack of the lack of judgment on so many things like that show could have easily been like, this is right. And this is wrong, but everything was gray and no one was like, they didn't make the government look like evil. They didn't make people look evil. They didn't make vigilantes look evil. They didn't like guns look evil. They didn't, nothing was black and white or wrong. Everything was just like, be a better person. Yeah. Or be the best person that you actually can be. Be all that you can be. With America. Kind of a thing. The American. And the supporting cast is absolutely fantastic. There wasn't anybody that stuck out like a sore thumb for me. Mm -hmm. It was just, yeah, it's such a well-rounded show. And if people are okay, they can be okay with that level of violence that also comes with a Punisher show, then I'm saying yes. Yes, you need to watch this, and I want two more seasons at least. Oh, 100%. I can't wait to see what no spoilers happens to that character and that, where that character goes. And I, I, I think they really set it up to be a long-running show, and it's amongst my favorite properties at Marvel in general, much less Netflix. Yeah. Uh, they definitely nailed it with this. I mean, that's why I wasn't going to binge, but I kind of had to. <laughs> and, like, I couldn't uh, I couldn't stop because it felt the most real, I feel like. Like, obviously ninjas are involved in Daredevil and has to be, and, like, mind control is involved in Jessica Jones. But there were moments where it was like watching a news story, and I felt like, oh, I've, I've experienced this, like, because of the world we live in. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, this guy does not have superpowers, but he's got, you know, super grit, and he uses it. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you yeah. watched it all. Next week, we're going to have like a full half-hour freakout off-air and then 20 minutes on-air. Heck, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it already. And Runaways. And Runaways. Yes. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yield the mic to you. Is there any news story this week that you want to talk about before you go? Um, no, no, actually. I, sorry, I was unprepared for that. Um, <laughs> was, there any, was there any Black Panther news? <laughs> You know what's funny is I scoured the internet to find something so I could be like, for Marquia! And then I was like, well, we did the billboards, we did the post, uh, uh, well, since Marquia's not here, Black Panther is on hold. <laughs> um, I don't think I had a chance to talk about the Deadpool, um, trailer with you. Did you already talk? You already talked about it. No, that, great so. segue. <laughs> oh, really? Here we go. Lead yeah. us in, Marquia. What are we saying about Deadpool? Uh, I love that teaser trailer so much, and I wonder if 
anybody got the, well, not anybody. I wonder if there were certain generations of people that got the Bob Ross reference. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He, I because think people think thought he was it. a meme, and now he's real. They're like, what, he moves? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you really think about it, it's like, to us, we're like, yeah, oh my God, he went Bob Ross. He went full Bob Ross. And then everybody's like, who's this guy with like the, you know, the huge afro? <laughs> <laughs> What's that weird shirt and jean combo Deadpool's wearing? Why is he beating his brush? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, on this note, uh, Anthony, could you cue us up? We're going to watch the trailer with the audience. Let's do it. You got it. Marquia, that was uh, the best tangent from across the country I've ever gotten. Oh, nice. I'm glad to fit into that specific little box. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll talk to you next week, and the fans miss you dearly. The live chat is going insane. <laughs> Absolutely. See everybody next week. Bye. Have a good Bye, vacation. Bye. So the Deadpool trailer was a work of transcendent <laughs> glory. The men in black, uh, the jokes in the box office gold, the the meta humor of like the colors being movie references while we're watching a movie trailer and the beat it like it owes you money. Like there's so much dirty humor in this. There's so much Deadpool in this. Like Deadpool himself is a meme. So to make the meme of Bob Ross part of Deadpool's lexicon only makes sense. But I never thought we'd get this level. Like, I, I was unprepared for this trailer, and the marketing campaign, I think, is already at the level that the last movie left off on. It didn't warm up. It just launched full <laughs> atomic crazy. Like, there's cocaine jokes here. Uh, the, the use of wet is always a, a, a bit of glory in my life. I love when people say W's real strong. Um, the super high Deadpool painting motif was just inspired choice because it gives you... The the lead-in of comedy, there's not a lot of footage in this trailer. It reminds you why you love it so much, and it references the fact that, like, he knows he's in a movie. Like, there's just, it's perfect, dare I say the word perfect, but it's 10 out of 10 Golden Girls for sure. Um, the jokes, I mean, it references itself in the trailer. And then him having this little episode, and we see this footage. Now, I took some screen grabs, I'll show you guys after. This footage is, like, maybe 12 seconds, but it instantly reminds you, you've got a new director, the studio threw so much more money at this. The pace of the trailer was already funny. Now here's the action and we're back in the game. Uh, I, I've never seen a trailer do it quite this well. And then we get the glorious poster, which we saw right before the trailer dropped, um, which ties into the good housekeeping magazine. They took over like, and then the, the jokes in the credits, my favorite joke in the post credits is camera one, camera two, Wayne Campbell. Cause it's one camera setup. Good God. And then we get cable just a peek, just a little sound. I don't know what more people could have wanted from that trailer. It was everything. Uh, that was a very quick speed in tangent. Marquia <laughs> set us up for him. Very happy. Uh, do we have any screen grabs real quick about the trailer? Oh, sorry. Uh, we got a call? Say we got a call. Bring it. Oh, hi. Uh, I'm Bill. This is Billy. How you doing, oh, Billy? There's an echo there. That's weird. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, first off, I want to say the, uh, thank you so much for the uh, birthday shout out I got a few weeks ago. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really psyched that, uh, that I got like a uh, Matt key on his last week there. That was, that was really special. You got a very special birthday shout out. Yeah. Um, anyway, I got, I got a question for you. What do you got, man? Do you think that, uh, we're going to see like the prototype shield that was teased in homecoming. Do you think we're going to see that in infinity war? Uh, the shield, which, which, which one the, do you mean? Cap, uh, caps prototype shield. Uh, the happy was talking about when they were loading. Oh, up the plane. Oh, 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 yes, I remember you're talking about. Now. Since I didn't visually see it, my brain was like, what is he? Um, the shield and homecoming, since it was referenced, I can't imagine they'll ignore that. Uh, I think what's going to happen is that shield becomes nomad shield. I think there's going to be a thing where there's going to be two shields at play because the symbolism is, is impossibly strong with cap shield. So I think when they pass the torch, so to speak, it's going to be passing the shield. I definitely think someone else is going to wield the cap shield, but then I think cap is going to get hold of uh, another shield. It's not going to be marked up. It's not going to be finished. That'll be Nomad Shield, and that way when the fight happens, we get different imagery. So I, I totally think it's it's there. I think the reason it was mentioned as a prototype is it's not going to be uh, spangled. You know what I mean? I see. So yes and no. <laughs> I think it's a shield, but I don't think it's going to be caps per se because I think it's going to be Nomad Shield. All right, well, I'm excited to see that because I just can't imagine seeing Steve Rogers fighting without any kind of shield. That's the thing. Like, they have to do something. So I think that was a really smart way to have Spider-Man, like, the movie set up something without it being too distracting like Iron Man 2. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the Deadpool trailer, man, while well, I got you? That is it, it, hilarious. Uh, 
like the first movie was hilarious by itself, and then just seeing the trailer, like the, the whole Bob Ross thing, caught me so off guard. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty incredible, and uh, like levels of absurd that I wasn't prepared for. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the call, man. Yeah, so I definitely think the shields at play. I do think that'll mean two shields at play. But thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the call. Happy belated. Yep. <laughs> Bye. All right, Anthony. Do you have any of those uh, pictures we sent in that are that are screen grabs of uh, the trailer itself? Um, one. There should be a couple uh, sprinkled in nicely in the email, uh, and then we've got some some fan stuff photo wise. Oh, there we go. So the photos here. Uh, the first one we got. I'm so excited that we got Ranjit coming back. I didn't expect him to be like a main player, but he's in a few of these photos. I think we get our ever loving taxi driver back in a real way, which is insane. Like, can you imagine? Can you, okay, imagine going out for a movie that was a superhero movie. Then imagine it being, like, a $12 budget. It's, like, 20 but still. And then imagine being a taxi driver, and then imagine the budget going insane because the movie went insane, and then you're in Deadpool 2. Like, the trajectory of glory, that must feel. Like, to get that call. Everyone from the first movie is coming back, so it's really cool. And, like, everyone was so strong. Everyone had their own archetype, and so seeing everyone back for a sequel... It's really exciting. And he clearly he's like strong. Like in his <laughs> yeah. shot. Like it was such a Character funny develop. So good. And then our next shot here is of uh, the guy from <laughs> Hunt for the Wilder People, the, the the shining light Hunt for the Wilder People. This kid like stood up next to Sam Neill for a movie. That's incredible. And Taika Waititi obviously vouches for this kid. He, I think, might be Pyro. Yeah. Like to me, the shot shows mutant power, not mm. fear. Like that is a kid doing something. That's yeah. active. That's a that's a, a thing that's happening because of him not mm-hmm. to him so i'd be i'd that'd be a really funny take on pyro i think because he's obviously going to play the dry humor he's a mutant that we've seen in other movies but i think that colossus and and such shows where deadpool can go that's my theory i think he might be pyro or something of that ilk a bad guy mm-hmm. and then the next one is the money shot of the trailer everyone's losing their mind about negasonic she's oh no God. longer a trainee she is a full-fledged x-men the costumes changed and still i say that Deadpool has the best X-Men costumes of any X-Men movie for shame. Uh, <laughs> like, that shouldn't be the case. This is perfect. Uh, she and she looks awesome. amazing. Uh, yeah, what do you think hair. about Negasonic? Honestly, she was my favorite. I'm sorry, Wade, but Negasonic was so badass <laughs> in the first film. So I'm so excited to see her, like, develop from, her, you know, her youthfulness. She was kind of like, you know, teenager. But now she, now that she's not a trainee, you yeah. know, she's kind of standing next to colossus they're like on the same level kind of which i mean that's saying a lot like and and then okay then our next shot we got a a bit of a i i assume love story not fighting but you can't tell when someone jumps in your arms (laughs) uh and it's wade maskless and i i like that the lighting here is like a half rom-com half action scene uh that was the thing i got out of this shot was that the first movie was such a amazing use of love story that i'm really curious what the tone of this one will be escalation's important it's a sequel bigger budget bigger action i hope there's still that heart i hope vanessa still is important Mm -hmm. and then we have the man himself tj miller looking like a dad uh i love (laughs) that he looks like that's a ridiculous outfit to be cocking a gun in so the humor's already there like tj miller just vamping is what made that movie like ryan reynolds and tj miller vamping at each other is what a lot of the comedy came from so clearly that's gonna be at play here and once again ranjit looks like he's a big player in this movie i'm really excited uh what do we got the next one Oh, we have very uh, angry, just diving in Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. The thing about Deadpool for me, and the reason I talk about Deadpool a lot, is he's my current favorite character. Spider-Man was my favorite growing up. Uh, Deadpool is, I think, one of the best characters in history. But right now, the way he's being written, I think, is stronger than than Spider-Man. So they're they're like the yin and yang in my heart. Because I, I said it on Screen Junkies once, you either die a Spider-Man or you live long enough to see yourself become a Deadpool. The difference between the humor of Spider-Man and the humor of Deadpool is Spider-Man is funny as a coping mechanism for fear. Deadpool is, is funny as a coping mechanism for not killing himself or trying to. Deadpool is a broken man. Deadpool has has lost so much. The man is made of pain. He's always in pain. He looks like that. He's suffering. He is broken. And I love the fact that like he handles the world the way he does and he's lost it all. So he's uh, he's the cop on the edge for the superhero world. And Riggs is my favorite regular like character. So to me, it's, it's the cop on the edge to the extreme. And I love that Deadpool is who he is. And without these moments, the shot in this trailer you don't have that Deadpool and what Ryan Reynolds gets about the character in my opinion is the comedy comes from pain and loss and fear and and concern and even when he was a hitman he was making jokes because it's not what he wanted to be doing 
uh, per se. He's great at it, but you, you know what I mean. So Deadpool is so important to me, and I love that the show was in the trailer. Well, well said. <laughs> <laughs> Deadpool rant. Uh, and we have Blind Al back. And Blind Al is such a fixture of the early Joe <laughs> Kelly run and such a great character. I loved how they handled her in the first movie. And I love this shot of them because they're like, they're weird bros, man. I love that. Yeah, I'm excited to see their exchanges in the next film. She was so much fun. The Ikea scene. The Ikea scene was so important. <laughs> uh, this shot was just stunning. I assume this is on thousands of people's desktops all over the world. This shot is the action of David Liked. Uh, I hope this is how you pronounce his name. The man made John Wick what it is, and I can't wait to see what this is. Um, and then the final shot I think I pulled. Oh, oh, two more shots. The second to last shot. Deadpool throwing a chainsaw with reckless abandon. It's only like three seconds of the trailer, but I laughed aloud so many times and kept having to rewind it. There's a shot of Deadpool just willy-nilly throwing a chainsaw. Hilarious. And the last shot I left for last. Deadpool in a casket just popping out of a... This is a comic panel to me. Like, I've seen this in drawing form. Like, this is, like, the, the umbrella placement, the color, the every, this just feels like a comic. That single image is hilarious. To me, art. I love it. It's beautiful. I loved this trailer. Um, if anyone, whoever next call in, I'd love to talk Deadpool with you. What did you think of the trailer, Ali? Uh, it wasn't enough. I, I loved it. Oh, uh, we actually got a call in. Oh. Right but not well, enough uh, dominoes as he beats. I would have Fair loved. enough. I yeah, wish, I couldn't I, even find a, a clear bit. shot. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Because I found some blurry shots and her in the background. Yeah. But I, I tried to find a clear one. And and I knew we weren't going to see Cable yet. Yeah. So. And I didn't want her to respect, disrespect Zazie with an un- unflattering image. Of <laughs> exactly. How are we doing, caller? I'm doing well. Uh, hi, Coy. Uh, this is Nick calling from uh, Tucson, Arizona. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing very well. What um, uh, What did you think of the trailer? Uh, I liked the trailer. I thought I thought it was very clever. I love the uh, the Bob Ross um, artistic. I was I woke. Funny story about the trailer. I woke up one morning. I just casually checked my Facebook, and then <laughs> it was on there. I'm like, huh? What's this? And I click on it. And it's like, oh, oh, Deadpool released another little funny thing, whatever. And I watch him like, oh, it's a full blown trailer, cool. And it was, it was just awesome and funny. I laughed pretty hard. <laughs> I, I actually had a moment where I was watching the trailer and I got so immersed in how funny it was, I forgot it might be a trailer. So all the marketing, <laughs> it said trailer on all the marketing, but when it just was funny, I was like, oh, it's gonna end with another joke. And then it went to footage, and for the first time in a trailer, I actually went. <gasps> And, like, I was holding my phone incredulous and shocked for the 10 seconds of footage I didn't breathe. And it was the coolest feeling to be like, oh, I can still be shocked by media. And, like, good God, that trailer, like, it just, it, I, my balls dropped again. And I loved that. <laughs> yes, indeed. I, even though I haven't seen, I haven't, I'm going to admit I have not seen Deadpool 1 yet. And I'm going to also admit I have, I don't really care that much for the character of Deadpool. And it's, I don't I, I sound like, sound like blasphemy. Not, no, you know what? Know hey, if you liked the trailer, we're still friends. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any questions also, or anything, man? Boy, hmm? I wanted to know your opinion on um, the X-Men Disney um, uh, Marvel uh, buyout and see uh, if they were to buy X-Men, X-Men introduced into the MCU, um, do you think they're going to cast like teenagers, like Stranger Things teenagers, or like... People like born in like 96, 97, like 20 year olds, kind of like Tom Holland, if they were to do that at all. Um, My brain just broke uh, at the idea of someone being 96 and 21. You're right. But I just I was unprepared for that. Um, I think that Stranger Things as an X-Men show would be the best move. Uh, I've always said that uh, if they made a Goonies movie with powers, that would be my X-Men or more my (laughs) X-Men. If you made Goonies plus Harry Potter and put it in the world of the 80s. That would be how I'd make the X-Men. I would have it be a adventure story at the offset. There'd be powers, but then they'd have to go educate themselves as as a follow-up. Like, I, I just, I'd yeah. reshape the X-Men movies in such a different way than they've ever done. So Stranger Things uh-huh. is close. Like, it's that direction. Uh, I don't think the Marvel-Fox thing will ever actually see the light of day. But if it did, I know uh-huh. Marvel would probably do a foundation change because they, they need to, like if you're going to have a new idea, you need to reshape it. And what I would do is I'd have an eight year plan with the movies like the Harry Potter movies. You cast your five core X-Men each movie, add more, make the school bigger, but also you really need the foundation to be there. So recasting with really young, a la stranger things is the way to get that foundation. So that personally, that's what I'd do. Similar to like uh, X-Men evolution. Oh dude. If you could get close to X-Men evolution or X-Men, the animated series, then it would make a billion dollars. 
Um, we can dream. I mean, I always hope, but uh, for now, I've got Deadpool to keep me warm. Yep. <laughs> All right, Coy. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so for the much call, for man. My call. Absolutely. Have a going, dude. Uh, so while we're on Deadpool, I want to hear the end of your thoughts. Well, I just really wanted to see Dom- Domino is honestly the most, the most. Uh, she's the character I want to see in action. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just want to see her. Do, like, she had one shot of the trailer how, stepping out from flame, they, and I, it was so hard to even capture that I was like, Bleh. I'm just so interested in seeing how they're going to incorporate her luck. Power. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's what's the, gonna be... it's going to be so funny. I'm just thinking of all the things that they can do with that. Like, well, because the comedy in luck, there, there's the one that sh- uh, was just back. Uh, literally, it's her walking through that doorway in fire. Yeah. It's the tiniest, like, <laughs> like I tried like... to grab it, and I was like, I don't think this is anything you can see. Uh, that is where she is. <laughs> uh, anyway, like, Domino, her power in a comedy is going to be really interesting. I totally mm-hmm. agree. And I think the casting is really interesting because I've seen her in Atlanta, and her dry comedy is hilarious. So if they make it a dry comedy in action, mm-hmm. yeah. I can see Colossus, which kind of... He's in the poster. <laughs> <laughs> it was 10 seconds. But, uh, so, but yeah, overall, the trailer, and we've got a quote about uh, the what I said about her being a trainee anymore. Um, Steven Kopasek, the actor that plays Colossus, I'm sorry, I didn't know how to butcher that name any less, uh, said, quote, she's progressing, as you can see. She is not my trainee anymore. She definitely has approached the new level of X-Men, as you can see. Even the haircut. All the characters. The good thing is, we have upgraded on so many levels. I... Loved her in the first one. I can't wait to see her as a full-fledged X-Men. It's all about the faux hawk. It's yeah, that's oh. when you know you've Come evolved. On. Captain Marvel, step it up. We she's the faux hawk. she's Charmeleon now. She's <laughs> no, not Charmander yeah. anymore. She's not Charizard yet, but she's Charmeleon okay. at least. Charm- yeah. Gotta give okay. her, gotta give it time. Deadpool three. X Force. She can be Charizard. Okay. Evolution takes time. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I loved her in that. <laughs> uh, the trailer made me really happy. I loved the internet losing its mind. I loved getting to lose my mind with the internet. Um, once again, the reason for this show today is I had the most interactions because of the Deadpool trailer and then Punisher. And I really love you guys. I really think that like what makes comicdom work is the fans and what the fans do for comicdom makes comic movies better. Like it's this beautiful cycle. It's like the, the water cycle, you know, it has to rain for it to go back up and, and without the communication, the, the studios don't know what to do. And I think that's where a lot of things get lost. And I think Deadpool happened because of the fans. So Deadpool two is happening as an escalation because of that. Mm -hmm. And we need to be more vocal. We need to have these conversations. We need to, what I'm saying is tweet more, tweet often. I will get as many as I can. And let's like, let's make our voices louder. Like, you know what I mean? Let's all retweet and grow. First Deadpool took for a while. 11 years, man. It took time. And I think maybe hopefully Gambit follows the same Mm -hmm. structure of that taking time. And then it's right. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather them take their time and do it right than have Mm -hmm. X-Men Apocalypse. Were you going to talk any more about Punisher this week or? Oh yeah, we're going to do Punisher next. That's our, that's our last segment. We're going to end on Punisher. We're doing good. uh, Actually, we're we're 41 minutes in. We got a lot of time for Punisher. So, that is the Deadpool stuff. I love the excitement of you guys. And I briefly, because of the fans, I want to watch the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. trailer for the very first time. Uh, I have not seen it yet. I want to watch it with you guys. Uh, it dropped either yesterday, I think it was yesterday. Uh, and let's do it. Life is a fragile thing. So they're in space this season, if I remember correctly, which is exciting how it ended last time. I love the alien, like the makeup already looks great. It looks much more expensive than another show that came out this year. Um, I like the action directing on the show. Uh, I love that it doesn't look like a cheap 90s sci-fi. Like that's, the, the, even the spaceship looks good. Like, and yeah. that really makes a difference. If you have good actors in a bad set, it, it hurts. It's a lot more dark too. Yeah. It doesn't look like your typical season. Of no, it doesn't feels. look too bright. It, yeah, I agree. The darkness really helps it. Um, I, and Coulson's like so impossibly charming, like leaning into that actor is such a great move. Clark Gregg is strong. Um, I'm intrigued by the fact that this plays like an alien trailer. Yeah. Like they're leaning into the fact that scary space stuff, it looks like, um, there's, I mean, there's like lasers and guns and mad, like this trailer is not what I expected. Um, it's very claustrophobic. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. See, to me, that doesn't look like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. trailer. It does not. And that budget looks good. It looks great. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I mean, that's. That's a great pitch, ABC. <laughs> Strong pitch. Uh, I wanted to give you guys an honest take on that trailer. I hadn't seen it yet. It looks like a space horror movie. Um, but that's awesome. Cool. Thanks, ABC. <laughs> uh, I also briefly wanted to mention, before we go into the Punisher, we're going to end on Punisher. Um, and we also have a lot of cool fan stuff. But before we get to that, Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis tweeted a really crazy tweet. Uh, he said, quote, All I'm saying is, if this was all a huge play to get a DC Marvel crossover going, that's pretty badass of me. What? <laughs> I never even considered that. Um, 
Marvel has has been doing very well with Bendis for years. Bendis has been creating many characters like Jessica Jones, reshaping Spider-Man, doing a lot. Now he's at DC. We've covered that briefly. If this was some sort of amalgam thing, like the amalgam, like what? If that can happen? Like, I'm the biggest proponent for Marvel and DC getting along. I'm the biggest proponent for Justice League. I want it to do well. I want it to have long legs because the more those movies do well, the more other studios take risks. Mm -hmm. Bigger is better for budget for most things. We learned that. Mm -hmm. Like, they need money. Um, I want Justice League to do well. If Bendis going to DC means a merger of those storylines, I would be the happiest little boy. Uh, What do you think about a DC crossover? Uh, I just feel like this is just too much of a teaser. Or maybe he's purposely doing this just to see how the fans react. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But like, it's almost, it's almost, I don't want him to say he's trolling, but like, I don't see this happening anytime soon. Oh, I don't either. You know, so I don't, I'm not getting my hopes up yet. I just had to mention it because I lost my mind. Like, I feel like it's, <laughs> it, I feel like it's probably not going to happen, but I rarely yeah. see tweets that I go, could this change everything? So like, it could, if that happened, it would change everything. Oh, that Bendis, he likes the attention. Ben, it works. He's already, he already moved to DC, so. Because the Amalgam Universe was in the 90s. We haven't even touched on that in years. And we used to have team-ups all the time. Batman, Superman team-up. Superman, Spider-Man team-up with Ali. Uh, there's a ton of great uh, Punisher and Archie team-up. Like, there's a lot of great mm-hmm. different studio team-ups. And I, it's been a while, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd, I'd like it for a little pop. So, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I'm uh, looking at you, chat. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think, chat? I'm... I want to do uh, <laughs> some talks about Punisher. And then we have all sorts of glorious fan questions and the like. So now is the time. Once again, uh, phone numbers should be on the bottom of the screen. Uh, I'll throw it up again in the live chat. And if you guys want to call in, talk Punisher. Now's the time. But in the meantime, Punisher. Uh, we're going to open spoiler free. Let's gotta, do like. We got a call out oh, the line. Perfect. Hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? This is uh, Zach. How's it going, Zach? Hey, where, where are you from? Very good. Uh, I'm calling uh, Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island. Ah, I like Providence. <laughs> yeah, so right near Boston. Yeah, boy. Cool. Uh, yeah, I know you guys are talking about Brian Mendes right now. Yes. Oh, you. thank so. you. Someone else <laughs> wants to talk. No one, all my friends, I've been like, guys, and no one was like, cool, great, good story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a big fan. Um, I know you're a big Spider-Man fan, and I've actually um, really gotten to Spider-Man after the Miles Morales run. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of introduced me to Mendes, and I was just kind of curious if you've talked about any uh, DC characters that you'd like to see him work on. I would love to see a Superman that feels human. Um, I know he's not a human, <laughs> but I can't identify with an alien. You know what I mean? Like I, I okay. want I want a character um, that makes Superman feel vulnerable, and I want to feel like it's not a, a plot point. Does that make sense? Um, so I'd love to, yeah, like if I'm reading a book, I need to at least identify with them. And I think Bendis does a really good job making characters that seem like you can't identify with them. Like, like you. Um, so I'd love for him to tackle that. I obviously want him to tackle Batman, but I feel like that's the go-to. I feel like everybody's like Batman. Um, I really (laughs) think his take on Green Lantern could be something special. Um, I think he writes really quippy dialogue. So I, this is ridiculous, but if you wrote Kyle Rayner, like nineties, Green Lantern, um, if I'm if I'm reaching to, to hopes and dreams here, uh, I also would love to see him write Superboy, uh, like Connell, okay. like 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 old school leather jacket Connell. Like I, I would really appreciate that take on the character. I could see that because he he writes yeah. playful, and if you take it too seriously, it doesn't work. And sometimes uh, the character has to fit the writer, and vice versa. So those are those are the ones that came to mind when I heard about it. Cool. What well, about I, you? I think that's uh, that's that's pretty cool. I mean. I'm a big uh, Flash fan, and I would just feel like it would kind of feel similar to a lot of the Jeff Johns runs. If oh, you were yeah. To take that on. Totally. Um, so I'd, I'd be interested in that um, on my end. And then uh, back to a quick Marvel Comics question. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering how you're liking the Legacy stuff and if there's any of those runs that you might suggest. So I love the actual Legacy, uh, like the main title, a lot. Um, if you ever read mm-hmm. issue one, there's a great surprise at the end of issue one that I somehow did not anticipate. Uh, I feel like I was blindsided, and I don't get blindsided very often, and that was really cool. Because especially, especially since it seems so... I, I love uh, twists that seem obvious in hindsight, and you're like, oh, duh! Uh, and it definitely had one of those. Um, I... Yep. Uh, let's see, my favorite legacy stuff right now. They're only an issue or two in yet, so I can't quite tell how much I like it. Uh, I enjoyed some of the Fair one enough. shots leading up to it. I liked the Spider-Man one because it was like it played the time paradoxes. It had Miles back in the '60s. Um, I really liked the Thor one, if I remember correctly. Um, which actually, you know what? I'm gonna look in my phone because I write my grades down for each comic like a crazy <laughs> person. Uh, which ones are you enjoying? Oh no, that's a good way to keep track. 
Me, uh, I haven't gotten too into them yet. Um, I was reading mostly the Thor, and I only read Legacy One. Um, so that's really kind of the why I was asking. I was wondering where to head to next. So I've got written down. Uh, I'm gonna look for big numbers. Uh, I liked uh, Avengers. Okay. Avengers six seventy two. I, I thought was like an A minus. It was pretty strong. Um, I really enjoy. Oh, dude, it's not quite a legacy comic, but Venom is shockingly good. Um, since Bagley took over the art, the writing seems to have changed, uh, with it. Uh, I know there's a new writer, but the writing, the whole tone of the comic has gotten really good. I feel like they're making the movies. They're like, we should make Venom relevant. Um, so Venom's kind of like a legacy take cause the numbering changed, but Venom's really strong again. Uh, I'm liking where Spider-Man's going on the way of slot leaving. Um, Dan slot writes a Spider-Man that I'm personally not that big of a fan of, but he, the way he's writing Spider-Man mm-hmm. right, right now is the most I've liked Dan slot. So right now, amazing Spider-Man awesome. is getting there. Uh, and then personally, I really enjoyed, um, shoot, which one is it? Uh, Incredible Hulk 709, uh, and Mighty Thor 700 were both pretty strong. Awesome. So cool. well, thanks for that's a lot of, a lot of books. But, <laughs> absolutely, man. Thanks for calling <laughs> in and thanks for wanting to talk Bendis. Cause I think it's really exciting. Oh yeah. No, I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah. Either way, I'm buying a lot of DC books and that excites me. Yeah. I, I mean, Marvel news, but like Doomsday clock drops tomorrow, so that's a big one. Oh, I'll be there. Coming there. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Get back to the stream. Appreciate it, man. Thank thanks you. so much. Bye. So, uh, moving into what was I just about? Uh, Punisher. 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 <laughs> Punisher was for me the most grounded, brutal, emotionally jarring character study of a Marvel character to date, which is a very big statement. Uh, It had time to dive in. A lot of people don't like the 13-hour setup. I love it. Even when an episode is slow, I think it earns that because it gives me so much time to just chew on these characters. I think that without the 13-hour set... I thought Defenders felt too fast, and that's... I know I'm in the minority here, but I really like... I never thought I'd care about Micro, much less his family. I was so invested in Micro's family. Like, this is a show about Punisher, and I'm invested in a side character of a arguably, so far to date, B-list Marvel character. And I'm invested in a side character's family. That is only possible through Netflix's 13-hour format. I think they're doing a brilliant job. I really liked that they set it up to chew on scenes. Because without the brutal violence, the show's actually about a guy dealing with the fact that he's morally jarred by everything he's done he doesn't know right and wrong to him and i can't imagine waking up and not knowing how you felt about every single one of your decisions and then doing more of them knowing you might regret it the next day like that's a hard way to live and i really liked how they handled the bromance between micro and and frank i didn't think i'd ever see frank have a bro and it was beautiful and it was funny and i cried twice watching the show and it's punisher like you you tell me two years ago not even five not (laughs) ten tell me two years ago i'm gonna cry in a punisher show be like that's a lie uh, it's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's it's some of the best. Um, I dare I say gore, but it's some of the most effective gore because you feel the bullets, you feel the impact. Um, I'm I'm from Boston, and the marathon was very affecting to me. It it was very uh, personally jarring. And um, the one the, the guy the guy that lost his leg went to my middle school. The the the, the image of Boston strong. Um, that is is my life. There's a scene in this that gave me chills because it reminded me of the Boston Marathon bombing. There's a scene that looks like news footage from that event, and that is why the Punisher is so interesting because it's a character that is real life. Any of these things could happen. Any of this could occur. And even the uh, the slight spoiler, I won't say the thing, but even the last episode, the thing that happens to set up season two with a character is real. And they didn't go supernatural. They didn't go too big. And I was really impressed by how grounded it was. Um... I, this might be my favorite Netflix series. I also maybe just be more prone to crying now because This Is Us. Uh, I watched too much This Is Us. Uh, so the floodgates. But I really think it was the strongest of the Netflix so far. It had all of the strengths I thought Jessica Jones did. And it didn't have some of the distractions I thought Daredevil did. Daredevil was great. But when they went off on like Electra storylines, I was like, I'd like Matt back. Uh, and this show didn't have that. Every, for me, every character, I wanted to know more about their arc. I wanted to know where it was going. Uh, Punisher was stupendous and I get the criticisms. I get why some people didn't like it. It was great. That's so interesting that it's so brutal and violent yet. It's one of the most emotional. It was the dichotomy. God damn. That's awesome. 
What would you, ha- if you could say anything to people who don't like it, what, what would, how would you respond to people who don't like it? I think it's a show that is telling a very difficult thing. And I think the moral of the show is something that a lot of people might not agree with. So it's hard with the character's intrinsic nature to change that. I also think the show handles a very difficult subject matter without being biased. The show wasn't leaning left or leaning right. The yeah. show wasn't like military is bad. Guns are bad. Gray area. It was all gray area. And, and the beauty of the show was every single character, even the baddest of bad guys, there's moments of like, Oh, I could see how that would happen. Oh, I can empathize. Oh, am I a bad person with everyone? Like the, the reason he worked so well in daredevil season two is because you were like, Oh, the Punisher's not, he's a monster, but he's a good monster. Like they didn't let Punisher walk that Tom Jane, heart of gold. When he played the Punisher, there was something in him. that You were like, but he's great. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, Ray, Ray Stevenson played him as like, smash. And then Dolph Lundgren played him as like kind of a dick. <laughs> John Bernthal played him as a, a force of nature. You can't get mad at a hurricane. You deal with a hurricane. Sometimes hurricanes have to happen. That's terrifying. And then the show gave us 13 hours to go like, I don't know how I feel about this gun-toting hurricane. Uh, so I, I just, I loved it. I thought the villain um, was the stronger, one of the stronger villains. Uh, I mean, Purple Man is probably the strongest for me. I love Purple Man. But like, I really cared about Billy Russo. I really love, there's a scene where they talk about Billy Russo's like, I was named after Billy the Kid. And it's this beautiful allegory for Punisher and Billy that plays to Billy the Kid, who's a real-life folk hero. And, like, I never would have thought of that allegory between Billy and Punisher, but it's totally thing. And, like, they just gave Billy so much more to play with, and I... Good God. Uh, it was <laughs> it was a really good show. I loved binging it. I had to actually stop and be like, I'll appreciate this more and more awake. And then, like, wake up the next morning and watch it again. It was... And there was nods to, like, the Gnocchi family like we wanted. There was stuff straight out of the Ellis comics. Um, I also, like, I'm extremely... Um, there was a lot of commentary on like stuff that I didn't expect the show to touch on. Wow. There's two to three LGBT references in a strongly positive way. Wow. Uh, there's a scene with uh, Punisher and a guy in the opening episode in a, in a stall and guys think they're having gay sex and it was taken as a positive joke. Oh my gosh. But I rarely see gay sex as a joke that isn't making fun of gay people. Yeah. It was like, a positive joke and affirmative. There's also a scene where like a character's kind of spoiler alert completely whips his dick out and, it, and they don't make it weird. <laughs> And I was like, what is this like the most woke show? And it's about gun violence. Like it was, it was, I was shocked at how, uh, how, how far it went. Um, I really dug it. Yeah. I'm excited to actually watch it now that you're, you're like reassuring me. Like, I'm okay. It's it's going to be okay. (laughs) Koi is assuring me it's going to be okay. And it's brutal, man. It's really brutal. Um, (laughs) so I feel like that's as far as I can go without going into spoilers. Uh, do we have any calls? Uh, a few people in the live chat are saying they can't get through. Any luck at Anthony? Uh, it's open. I'll put that number up again. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, Senior Nerd and a couple people have been trying to get through. Um, so the, the show, spoiler-free, that's about all I can say about it. Spoiler-full, I couldn't believe how, how brutal it was, the Jigsaw uh, transformation. The way Jigsaw becomes Jigsaw... You feel it because they didn't do the they didn't do the Netflix thing where you have like half a season villain, oh, other yeah. half a season. For <laughs> yeah, once, they were like, "Let's have Jigsaw." Okay, and then when we got a caller, yeah, let's do it. Hello, 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 hello. Dave, Cole, what's going on? Hey, what's hey. up, Cole? I figured I had to try to call in at least try to at least. How's the how's the Star Jammer up there? Ah, uh, cold. Um, <laughs> It's oddly cold. Um, yeah. What'd you, uh, what'd you think of Punisher, man? Um, I had to, like, take a break, like, in between it, um, for sleep. Yes. But also <laughs> for just nerves in general. Totally, dude. Because after a while, when you're just sitting there, like, <sighs> and you're just breathing hard yourself, like, you're just sitting there, like, how did this show make you feel this way? But it does. It's, yeah. It's one of those shows very similar to Jessica Jones where it makes you feel a certain way, mm-hmm. but you're glad. The Star Jammer is, is in space and we've been jammed. Oh, no. Uh, you know what? Actually, we, we are both running out of time and 
We didn't do much spoilers. We only talked about no, Jigsaw. We could, next, next week, week with Marquia. With everyone. With everyone. We'll have guests. We'll talk spoilers. Yeah. We'll set us out of time next week for full spoilers. So, spoiler-free today. We're going to stay spoiler-free. Give you, everyone time to watch We didn't even it. say how Jigsaw happens. We just said <laughs> that it happens. We did very well. So, no spoilers this week. We lost Cole, I mean, Colt uh, in, in the Star Jammer. Uh, but I briefly, uh, am Anthony, I want to breeze through a couple questions real quick, and then we're, we're good to go. We're going to do spoilers next week. Sounds good. Uh, Joe Hill, I want to send a set out to you. Uh, Joe Hill was awesome while I was doing Twitter stuff. Uh, he said he wanted to buy me a beer, and I say, anytime, Joe Hill. <laughs> uh, question, do you have to see Daredevil Season 2 to enjoy The Punisher? Have to? Absolutely not. Does it help? Yes. Karen Page is in Daredevil, and she's in Punisher. That relationship really fleshes itself out in Punisher. Their relationship is beautiful, and I loved it, so it helps. But you don't have to. They do a really good job setting it up. Uh, we've also got a picture. I want to wish a very happy birthday to this man on camera. Uh, this is Ash Arnold, and he is turning 21 on Saturday, and he met the man himself, Deadpool, and he's dressed <laughs> as Matt Murdock. So I am all about this happening on screen. So nice. very happy birthday, Ash. That is a rad cosplay, and that's an awesome Deadpool you met. Uh, I also want to shout out to uh, Drew Worth says they wanted to talk directly about gun violence, but their work on the character in PTSD made it so captivating. Can't wait to see what they do next. I thought they did both really well. I thought it touched on gun violence. I thought it touched on PTSD. I thought it talked about a lot of things without beating you over the head with it. Next week, we'll talk more about the themes and the the spoilers because I don't want to. It just came out Friday. Talking about themes is a slippery slope. Um, Let's see. Uh, Eric Sabio kept saying he'd only watch the opening until the credits. And I was like, guy. Jokes for days. Um, uh, someone said the only thing they didn't like about it didn't feel too Marvelish, and I thought that was one of its strengths personally because yeah. it felt like that could happen any day, any time. So John Anderson, I agree. I just thought that that was a, a smart move with the Punisher because the Punisher too Marvelly, like it's a guy, and you don't want to go you know too too far. Um, I talked about Marvel and DC. I wanted to both do well. Oh, uh, (laughs) I love this question. Fina Ortiz asked, if you could only have one Marvel TV show that you could put yourself in, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Runaways, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, etc., etc., which one would you choose? If you could be in one. Runaways. Runaways. Yes. Nice. Just because I look so young. Oh, that's true. You could be one of them. (laughs) All right. Into it. Plus, I love Gert. Gert's awesome. (laughs) She's my favorite, so... Um, I think I would go with in, no, uh, with, with the Defenders. I'd go with the Defenders because that show was lit and the music was so (laughs) awesome that whenever I, I felt like I was like in a musical, I'd be like, oh yeah, look at this hip hop cue. Oh wait, Daredevil's real. Oh, Iron Fist. It's like the, it's the culmination of all Marvel goodness. And there's also like bitchin' visuals and soundtrack. You have to deal with Danny, but it's fine. You got Jessica. But I live in like a 500 days of summer world, like where stuff just happens and lighting's (laughs) awesome. Um, Colt, what's your wish list for next wave of Marvel films? That is far too big a question, my friend. <laughs> next week we'll talk about next wave of Marvel films. Um, Punisher season two, hopes and wishes. That's not safe without spoilers. We'll do that <laughs> next week too. Uh, if Bucky becomes Cap after Avengers store, what story would you want to be next? I would love if Bucky becomes basically the uh, renegade full nomad because I know Chris is going to Chris Evans is going to touch on it here. But if they make Cap um, Falcon as Cap proper and Bucky as Cap that like deals with the new Avengers, I'd love for it to split. I'd love new Avengers and Avengers and have two different versions of that entitled leadership. Uh, and then someone sent us pictures. We have the pictures of the Punisher on the, uh... I believe we do. If not... And then we'll wrap up after this. If we don't, then we can always show them next week, but I think we do. Uh, yeah, we have them. Just give me one moment. Okay, and then while we're doing that, someone asked me to koi cast a Fantastic Four movie. Good God. Um, uh, Idris Elba as Doctor Doom. Um, Billy Crudup Ooh. as Mr. Fantastic. Um, Zac Efron as Human Torch. Oh. Um, Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. And... Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. For the thing? Yeah, I'm trying to think of someone worthy. Because uh, the voice is so important and it's got to be so awesome. And the thing. Joel Edgerton, maybe? Joel Edgerton's so good at, like, with his eyes and his voice is so great. Um, I'll think on that. But those are those are my. my uh, yeah. Uh, That's a really hard one to It's cast. really hard. Because I would say Dwayne. The Rock Johnson, but as this thing, but he's already he's in DC. He's the a, Rock as a character made of rocks it, is doing? inspired. <laughs> oh, like I that? love that so much. Um, I got the photos up. Perfect. Okay, those we're going to close out on these photos. Uh, I love this. A a train stop, a subway stop, uh, is promoting uh, the Punisher show in Toronto at Castle Frank the stop. So they put these up, and that is the coolest thing. Like, what a great marketing campaign! How cool is that? Like. 
I just thank you, Toronto. Uh, everything yeah. about this makes me happy. I don't have time to go through it and read it, but uh, I want to thank uh, Chaotic86 for sending us these. Uh, I've loved the internet response, guys. Twitter's been amazing. I love how much you guys love Deadpool. I love how much you love The Punisher. T- next week, we'll talk with spoilers. Next week, we'll talk themes. Next week, we'll talk season two hopes. Next week, Ollie will have seen some of it because I sold him on it today. Oh, yeah. I pitched him. And I will Runaways. watch Runaways. Yeah, we didn't have time for Runaways because I just finished Punisher. So Runaways, I'm starting tonight. Next week, we'll do Runners, Runaways, Punisher season two. This has been <laughs> Koi Movie News. You can find me at C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U on Twitter and Instagram. Where can they find you, sir? Find me on all social media platforms at Ollie Dreamer and the Runaways After Show on AfterBuzz TV tonight at 8. Yes, and we are thinking about starting up a Patreon soon, so if you guys have any ideas about what you'd like to see, if you want more shows like this, if you want less shows like this, if you want more call-in, you want maybe to try some Skype stuff, you want to do any of that, I also want to start up a like a fan art segment of the show, because I love when you guys send us fan art. So please, we want to be more involved with you, I want to be more involved with you, I love you guys. This has been Marvel Movie News, I will see you next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only, not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.